Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host. And I have a really special guest on today. Dom Brightman is coming on and you guys are going to love this dude's energy. So stay with us. And we're back. All right, hold on. Let me bring Dom on. Dom, welcome to the show. Man, thanks a bunch for opening the invitation, Ken. I'm honored to be here with you, man. Man, I'm I'm honored to have you on the show, man. So, so you know, I started this about two and a half years ago to help people break through, get, get unstuck you know, all that stuff, man. And, and so I'm, um, I'm, uh, that's what it's about. It's about your, your life story. It's about how to, how, how some of the challenges you faced and how you busted through them. So let's start with where you were born and raised. Sure thing. So actually born in a small town out in South Carolina called Georgetown. And that was for a good two weeks and then moved up back here to the land of charm, crime and crab cakes known as Baltimore, Maryland. And was basically a church boy for just about all my life. Still a member of the Montmorillon Baptist Church out in the Baltimore area. And that's really where I got my real start with just getting those foundational life principles. Because my father, he was in the 82nd Airborne Division as a paratrooper. Fought in World War II. Had two combat jumps. And my mom, she got her master's degree. And she was also a special education teacher for a while on top of being a Baltimore County government employee for a number of years. So having two wonderful parents, a wonderful older brother, a couple older sisters, and really just having them around me to really help me to really get at a higher level. Because the thing is, they, my parents, they were senior citizens when I came around. So I basically wow. had to catch up with them. They were decades ahead of me in more ways than one. So that gave me the wherewithal to realize, you know what, maybe I should probably catch up with the folks older than me and ended up getting some public speaking experience in church because in a church, they usually have this thing called a children's inspirational moment where they, the children will recite Bible verses. So the parents could go like, Ooh, and ah, and be like, Oh, that's my baby over there. Yeah. Uh -huh. going in. yeah. Uh -huh. That's right. John three sixteen. That's right. You got it, baby. And just stuff <laughs> like that. <laughs> and just stuff like that. Just giving me the advantage of getting, public speaking early and speaking in front of hundreds of people because our church could fit over a good 800 people in attendance in the auditorium. And we had about a thousand members on paper altogether. So that's just really kind of a piece wow. of where it all began. Wow. So what growing up in um, Baltimore, all, all I know about Baltimore is, is, watching Kim Klasik on, on Instagram. <laughs> so, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Man. I, I, I don't know that I've never been there, so I don't know a whole lot about it. Um, what was it like for you growing up? I mean, you said, you said, what, what'd you call it? The charm, <laughs> crime and crab cakes. I love yeah. crab cakes. See, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because most folks, it's like that's usually the reaction people get when they think of Baltimore. It's like, oh crap! If they follow Kim Clay, they're going to see the parts that they, that she only wants folks to see, and of course, the wire. And I'm like, well, it's more than the wire. We still got crab cakes. The Baltimore Ravens are still freaking awesome. Like, we, and we're still Charm City. We got charming humans here. I'm one of them. Yeah. And really. Just it, it wasn't too bad because of as with any place, there's going to be your good parts and your bad parts of the town yeah. in the city. I was yeah. in the county area, raised in that area, and usually going in and out of the city because my parents, when they first moved up here, when they first got married, they were in the bad parts of Baltimore. And when I came around, I didn't have to go through as hard of a time 
having to duck certain things because there were times when <laughs> mom mom had to carry a gun on her <laughs> to keep herself safe because this was back in the ages when she was growing up and everything as opposed to Jeez. now it's like yeah yeah she kept it your purse mom was packing yeah she yeah you gotta pack heat like <laughs> i mean my dad was in the military too so <laughs> i think you're the first guest i've ever had that said yeah my mom was my mom was packing everywhere she went wow <laughs> she had to wow. do it when i came around though in, in the 90s and everything different different location different spirit yeah. and everything so all that good yeah. stuff but yeah Wow. Don't worry, she's she's ultra sweet. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> She'll just bust the cap. <laughs> you know, you know, a mess with her. So, so wow, man, wow. So, um, I mean, was it was it rough though for you at all? Like, did you no. did you see any? You know, you do hear that. I, I mean, I look. I've heard there's a obviously there's a lot of crime in in certain areas of of Baltimore. Um, you didn't experience any of that. Nope. Nope. The worst I probably experienced was probably just asthma attacks and occasional bullies at school. That's really the most I've really had to face. Like did, cause my parents, they'd yeah. always say, it's like, Hey, always stay aware, be focused yeah. and really just keep, just stay, keep it in the books. Cause if I was usually in three places at home in the neighborhood, playing with my friends or at church yeah. on Sundays dad would always yeah. take me to Sunday school and either at school. So usually at three, those places usually, and occasionally of course, with trips back to South Carolina, down South to see some family too. So usually in one of those places. Yeah. Wow. Look, Joe, Joe Ingram says now she only needs a taser. <laughs> it's getting bad. <laughs> so funny. Oh my gosh. So, so, um, so you, um, it's, a, I'm seeing a message that you're reacting to my, are you on the, are you like, you have it going in the background or something? Yeah. That's I try funny. to interact with the audience while the show's that. going on. That's, that's <laughs> awesome, dude. So, um, so you went to, you went to school there. You went to high school there. Um, did you go to college there? Yeah, I went to college, went to CCBC Cadensville, and I got an associate's degree, an IT degree. But funny enough, <laughs> like looking back on it, it was one heck of an interesting time because on oh, my penultimate semester was when I turned 21, and that was the same day I got into a darn car accident, no less. Oh, yeah. Not good. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, it was it was not good at all. There was there was no eight O's at all. It was just regular, not good. <laughs> I, I, it was it was a, like on on the highway or what was it was it bad? What was what happened? Yeah, so what happened on that day when I was leaving home to go to class? It was raining all that morning, but as soon as I was on my way to class, it stopped raining for a good hour. Or so before I left, went out, gassed up my car, got coffee and a donut. And hello to the amazing Ariel Patricia. She's extra fabulous. And when yeah. I was out there, after I got done putting gas in my car, I went to make a left turn on the street after gassing on my car. Then my darn brake jammed in my car, then skidded into the curb. And then my darn wheel went loose and went flying off of my car. And Whoa. I basically blocked off basically the entire right side of the road <laughs> and left wow. traffic blocked off for probably about a good 90 minutes and they probably appreciated that oh yeah they loved it too it's like man i'm, <laughs> I'm not even on 695 or one of the 95s one of the tools of the devil and i still gotta be in a darn traffic jam <laughs> like oh, yeah <laughs> wow so so you um so you ended up getting an associate's degree in in i it you said yes sir okay and where did it go from there? Where where where'd you go after you got out of out of school? Yeah, so what happened after that? I actually got promoted full time in library world. Actually, gave me a full time promotion a year later, and that's the funny thing about it. Like I had been working there for about a good five years up to that point, and yeah. after I got the degree, I really turned up everything in terms of being more outgoing than before and really putting myself out there because it was basically campaign mode for me, campaign for a new job or promotion 
or some kind of advancement. And yeah. that's really what happened. Can be approached a full-time librarianship and then actually taking that experience and even joining Toastmasters on the side with that to even add more personal and professional development to me that have actually helped me to get promoted because Toastmaster International, like that's a place where a lot of, I'm pretty sure a lot of folks who may know about personal development, they know about Toastmasters because that's what I call a leadership laboratory. Yeah. And you get to make things metaphorically explode in a way and really get your feet wet with leading people and somewhat managing people, depending on the position that you hold at a club or a district level and yeah. really see if you're, cut out for management in a way in certain areas because there's a lot of folks who want to go for management positions because of the title and whatever else may come with it not realizing that hey it's not as good as you think <laughs> right right so so you you now you say the library at the like public library yes sir the public library with a bunch of wonderful humans wow and how long did you are you still doing that you still yep still doing that I can't, wow. I still can't believe it's been 13 years because that job originally started off as a summer internship when I was 15. And basically when I turned 16, they hired me after I was legally work, stayed there, held it down through high school, through college. And then after wow. college, basically being promoted there and being well liked there and developing somewhat of a fan club, not, a, <laughs> not, not by choice. That wasn't the, the yeah. thing, but when a lot of folks, get great help they usually kind of get attached to you i, I somewhat feel I, I feel like that's maybe why i'm mo moving over towards the motivational teaching and somewhat of a coaching aspect because sometimes in the public library setting the folks will just tell you their life stories they'll just go tmi all day yeah. and you just slide a book to them and then they still keep going like tmi all day and it's like oh okay yeah. all right <laughs> uh, I, I hope things are well for you glad you were able to get that job and heck even one of the beautiful things about library world, especially public library world in the Baltimore area, is the fact that things are getting better because libraries are just more than books. They're information sanctuaries because this year in particular, one of our library systems actually distributes free meals for kids. Because the thing is, with COVID and schools being closed down and folks having to be home virtually, like some, like some kids, they would only get their food at school. So basically providing meals for kids and that even extending the Wi-Fi to go extend as far as the parking lot and the library goes. So that way folks can have access to Wi-Fi because not everybody has high speed internet at home ready to access. And that's a utility that everybody needs nowadays. Thanks to what COVID has showed us like, Hey, you got to be at your home and your stations. Like not everybody has internet and using the library as a community resource for people because even at the library and Holly is freaking awesome for donating to her yeah. library. And the fact that like really the library is a community center. And one of the things is we had a wonderful lady. She came in multiple times and she had these big sunglasses, had a seeing problem and she was always applying for these jobs. And one time she actually, right before Christmas, I think it was two years ago, she showed up with a big, actually two big, big plates of cookies, like all sorts of cookies. There's like chocolate chips, snickerdoodle, cheesecake flavor cookies, which I didn't even know existed for the staff and little mini bags of like little tchotchke gifts for us because she got a job at the call center for at 911 because she took some of the free Excel classes that we offered at the time. And she was always coming in, always nice to people. And we always gave her great service. And she was just grateful for the library and the staff that always helped her out and helped her to get that job. So just little stories like that, where customers are uh, really appreciate the resource that the library is like, it's more than books, just helping folks in a way live out their book. Wow. That's, that's awesome, man. So you, <laughs> but I, I'm sure you didn't grow up thinking, man, I, I can't wait to grow up and work at the library. <laughs> no, 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 I didn't. It was far from my radar at all. Funny enough, my yeah. first day there, they were yeah. like, hey, I've, I think I've seen you before. You come here often? I'm like, yeah, I come here twice a year. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I, I'm sitting here thinking about, I don't think I've ever been in a public library. Is that crazy? I don't think I ever have. <laughs> I, get, I get everything at Amazon, man. <laughs> 
That's crazy. I don't know that I ever have. I'm sitting here thinking, have I ever been in a library? I know I've been in the school library, but I, when I was in school, but I, I, I tried not to go in there. So, <laughs> in school. But, but so, so you, um, so you, 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 and, and I do want to talk about, you know, some books that you've written, a book that you and I are both in uh, that's out right now, just came out um, called crappy to happy. We're going to talk a little bit about that, but, um, so, so you, you, like going through working at the library and I mean, what are some of your favorite things that you've been able to accomplish working there? Uh, one of my favorite things that I've accomplished working there was basically helping people better their lives because there was one time where I had this old gentleman come into the library one day and, his son was acting up in school and he, and he was failing in his classes. Like math was one of them. And he basically was telling me all the stories, kind of like the whole bartender moment thing where folks just start talking to you and their stories and everything. Yeah. And yeah. when he told me about his son, I led him to the algebra section and gave him a couple of books in algebra one. And then I led him to the biography section and handed him mob deep's biography, my infamous life, because his son said it was acting up in school and he just needed, and he wanted to, give his son something to read that'll help him to actually possibly get on a better path and actually get his button gear. So I handed him that biography because one thing is that one, it was a music artist that I'm sure that he was familiar with because this was 2000, I think it's 2008, 2009, whatever year that was when mob deep was still popular and prodigy was still alive. And it's always good to see someone that looks like you on the cover of something that'll give you, inspiration and hope it's like just having that figure of success in a way that'll help encourage you to really keep going that's definitely one of them heck even another one of them was helping staff get used to using google sheets at the time because we were doing a lot of things on paper and moving to more to the 21st century where we got to get away from paper getting folks used to using Google and all of its apps that it has, it's a free resource and helping staff to use that as opposed to still submitting everything by paper and submitting 5,000 emails to people because emails are like rabbits. They just multiply like crazy. So it's just just a couple of those moments of just helping people advance, whether it's with their son or the grandson or heck even helping out fellow colleagues with their troubles as well. And heck even actually realizing that the library was an acres of diamonds because one of my favorite books of all time is thinking for a change by john maxwell and Mm. that happened on one of my work shifts where i was just putting books back on the shelf i saw that one and i'm like man this is a transformation this seems interesting let me broaden my horizons here because like it because one of the things is I worked at the library for a few years and I hated reading because in grade school, they give you books you don't want to read. And right. That make you yeah. hate reading. Yeah. That are, that are 50 years old. <laughs> Maybe even older. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Never made sense to me. So, so, yeah, John Maxwell is phenomenal. In fact, I think Weldon's on here. He's a John Maxwell um I think he he's a transformational coach or he's been through the coaching program or something. Um, so, so, you know, and, and you talked about, you got it. When did you get into Toastmasters? At what point? Toastmasters was October of 2013. So that was, okay. wow. Okay. That was seven, seven years ago. Yeah. My God damn. That Make was some so- change. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, so, so what, <laughs> what did you, what, first, why did you get into Toastmasters? And second, what, what did it do for you? Yeah. Cause, um, Toastmasters, I got into Toastmasters by listening to one of Brian Trace's audiobooks mm. because one of the things that he mentioned was Toastmasters, a place to learn how to speak. And I'm like, all right, cool. And 2013 was the same year I was in my personal development thing first year, my year of rebirth. And at church, we had this ministry called the corporate development ministry, where we would help the congregation, hecking folks in the community with resumes, cover letters, and other skills that professionals are going to need to succeed. 
And we had a list, a big list of programs to choose from because there was like four or five of us at the time since it was a brand new group and a brand new ministry. And yeah. a public speaking seminar was listed on that list. And I was like, all right, well, I've been speaking here since I was a kid. And that's one of my strengths. That's where my six pack ab action happens. So let me just go ahead and go with that. And I'm like, all right, maybe I should try to get a speaker for this event. Someone outside of me is like, I, I could do it myself, but it'd probably be better if I get someone who may be more experienced. And after I heard Toastmasters and I went to a meeting, I was like, man, this is this is freaking awesome. And oh, my gosh, my first ever meeting. It was crazy because you met at an elementary school in an elementary school classroom because the group got kicked out of the meeting room out of a senior citizen home for some reason, I guess. They just kicked him out. I don't know why. And wow. there was no being parking space. Being too rowdy in, in the senior citizen house, I guess, right? <laughs> <laughs> if they were, then that, that would be interesting because uh, that group in particular, they uh, a few of them were closer to the senior citizens too, so that would have been interesting. <laughs> That's funny. So, so, so you were, and it was at an elementary school, you said? Yeah, and the parking lot was full. I had to park at a Panera Bread a good three blocks down and run straight to the darn school because there was wow. no parking. It was the start of their new football season. And lo and behold, like just hearing one guy start a speech off with a song. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of the song. I never heard of it until he sung it called Julie's House. And he equated that speech, Julie's House, to how he overcame cancer two times in his life. And Wow. And dude is amazing. He's still alive today. He has a wonderful wife and he, he's a salesman extraordinary. He's, all, he's always like directed to sales, like all over his LinkedIn profile. Always cheery, always excited, always got something positive to say. A funny dude, too. And just just love him. Heck, he, Joe Finn, I'll shout him out. Joe Finn, he's a good guy and appreciated him. And just seeing folks like him eventually helped me to really stay with Toastmasters and was able to get the public speaking seminar going without a hitch. And I stayed with Toastmasters because I went to an additional club where I heard this powerful speech by a guy named Daniel Alley, who was only a couple years older than me at the time. And his speech was how to act like a leader. And the word act was an acronym for audacious, contagious, and tenacious. Nice. And I was like, wow, this is this is great. And he had a book, too, called You Are the Boss. And I was like, all right, cool. I bought the book, supported him like hey, support a fellow millennial doing something. And when I read the book and I'm like, dude. This guy's writing about the same stuff I'm reading about. So I stayed with Toastmasters because of the professional positive images I was seeing in front of my eyes and realizing I was leaving something on the table. And that, that can possibly be mm -hmm. something we can all ask ourselves from time to time is how can mm -hmm. I make sure that I'm not leaving any blessings on the table? Because sometimes we can be so laser focused on one thing that we miss all the other blessings and opportunities around us. It's like if it's like when you, when you break through that wall, like maybe take a quick moment to see, all right, through all the rubble, like, all right, so so where's some gold? Where's some silver here? Where's heck, maybe where's some copper? I'm, I'm sure I can make some good copper pennies here metaphorically yeah. before they become extinct in a way. And that's really how I came across Toastmaster and stayed with it because I was around positive people doing positive things that eventually encouraged me to write and publish books. Wow. So, so you, you said that you, are you doing some motivational speaking then? Oh yeah, of course. Virtual now I used to do stuff at schools and oh my gosh, one, one, I'm, I'm sure most of the folks listening may have not had the situation, but I will admit there was one time I did suck bad on a motivational speaking gig. And that was on a Martin Luther King day breakfast where I was speaking to a group of grades i think it was like grade two to like grade six and i was invited to speak after a lady purchased my book at a book event and she invited me to speak and the thing was shit there was this big smorgasbord of food all over the place and mm. since i was raised with folks who believed in having manners and having southern charm and i saying no to certain things i basically had a whole plate full of food because they kept on putting stuff in play like okay all right i'll just go ahead and take it and I was so darn lethargic during the presentation. I sucked so bad when I was passing out wristbands after I was done presenting. A kid just had his head on the desk, passed out, tired. And I'm like, ah, oh. darn. Oh. 
So I'm like, I'll make sure I'll never eat that much before a presentation again. Then yeah. that's, <laughs> that, that, that sucked bad. <laughs> that's not good. You should have had coffee instead of food, huh? <laughs> oh, that's bad too. Cause I had coffee too. That was bad. But the food put me into the, that itis, that, that itis, it's undefeated. <laughs> yeah. So, so you've, so you've done speaking at schools and, and, and you're, you're doing stuff virtually now. Um, so what, what, um, what talk about your first book that you wrote? Sure thing. First book is called going North tips and techniques to advance yourself, going North tips and techniques to advance yourself. And that book was written on a dare from a Toastmaster, funny enough, because I was handing out these reading lists to people as opposed to business cards. Cause I'm pretty sure you got a graveyard of business cards somewhere, maybe yeah. <laughs> for folks just hand them out like crazy. And I'm yeah. like, how do I set myself apart? All right, I'll just do a reading list. And I put my contact info at the bottom. And one lady who caught the reading list, she looked at the list. She looked right back at me, looked at the list that looked right back at me and asked me where my name was on this darn list. And I'm like, I'm not an author. Like, I'm not on the list. And she was like, hey, why don't you go ahead and write a book and, and give yourself a year to do it? And that way you can put yourself on a list as one of the 100 books for dynamic living. And I was like, no, ma'am, I'm good. And she was like, okay, well, how about we both write our books? And a year from today, we'll both be published authors. And I'm like, nah, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. I'm not going to do it. And it was pretty funny looking back because a couple of days later, after I told a buddy of mine about the whole conversation I had, he was an author too. And I kept on getting on this case about a follow-up book because he never published a follow-up book to his first book. He was like, hey, man, maybe you should probably uh, publish a book because this was November of 20." 15 at the time, and it was Nanny Rimo, where it's National Write Your Own Novel Month. And yeah. it's like, hey, maybe you might as well write a book of your own since you work in the library around books. Why don't you write a book? Because those who speak should eventually write. Yeah. And when you speak, you should have some content out there so that way folks can take a piece of you after they're done hearing your presentation. And I'm like, nah, nah, I think I'm good. And then the following day on a Toastmasters meeting, no less, there was a QA session built into the requirement to get the project done. And in my speech, it had nothing to do with a book at all. And then in the Q&A session, my buddy, who I told told about earlier, he was like, hey, Dom, so when you're writing your book, and I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> really? <laughs> like, <laughs> this has nothing to do with my presentation. <laughs> right, right. And I'm like, I did want to look like a punk in front of everybody. And I'm like, all right, a year from the day, I'll publish my book. And I went home, I wrote 14 pages of raw content, pen was on fire, went through a hibernation period for a couple months, then went back on a schedule of every weekend after work, just grabbing a cup of coffee, writing down my thoughts on just random thoughts about leadership, advancement, time management, public speaking, customer service, and just putting whatever stuff I know and what I knew at the time onto paper and actually putting that out there because that's the one thing I prefer to do is to write about stuff that I've done already or stuff that I truly believe because you can't truly teach with passion about something that you don't believe for yourself. And especially right. if you haven't done it for yourself. So that's kind of where the first book happened. It started on a dare. And then on October, 2016 at the next big Toastmasters conference, I handed the same woman a copy of the book and she was surprised. She was like, Oh, okay. Wow. I can't believe it. And wow. she was so excited about it. And it was one heck of a great experience. And just That's the fact awesome. that, yeah, man, we just all need people challenging us. Did, did she write her book? She never got around to it. That's the funny <laughs> part about it. <laughs> yeah. Way to go, man. So, so, and then you wrote a, you said you wrote, you've written other books too, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Because the first mm. book, since I had a year to do it and I had no idea what the hell I was doing at first, since it was self-published. Yeah. Two years later, I wrote a follow-up book called Stay the Course, The Elite Performer's Seven Secret Keys for Sustainable Success. Wow. And the good thing about both books is that they're both under 100 pages because folks don't have time for a thousand pages. Yeah, I agree with you, man. And then um, now we are both in a book called Crappy to Happy. Your story's in here, right? Left. That's awesome. So what's what, talk about your uh, story in here. Sure what's thing. Sure thing. It was one heck of a interesting experience and opportunity because this was 
and the and funny enough, my chapter is titled "Some Gifts Are Wrapped Up in Adversity." Some gifts are wrapped up in adversity. It's like you're going down on Christmas Day and you see all the presents under the tree and they're all wrapped up in barbed wire. And the bow for the barbed wire is a nice taunting rubber duck with the macho man Randy Savage voice saying, hey, brother, how you doing? Merry Christmas. You sure want to open me? You're going to get some bloody hands if you open up this present, brother. It's really good, but you're going to be taunted. And that was <laughs> one of the experiences for me because that was in 2012 where People thought the world was going to end, and all that happened was that we lost Twinkies for a month because that was the year when I turned 21, and that was the same year my father went out for a drive, and he got lost. And that was the same year that we discovered that he was he came down with Alzheimer's. Oh man, yeah, mm. yeah, it, yeah that that was a that was the beginning of a long six years. <laughs> But definitely been giving me a long six years because we didn't because the signs were there, but that was the major sign. And he had to no longer drive no more. We couldn't let him drive anymore because he, he right. got out of some town about a good 40 miles out of Baltimore. And wow. we're like, dude, we don't even go here. Like, how the heck you end up in Silver Spring? <laughs> and he was wow. driving on the wrong side of the road when the police found him, too. And we're like, oh, dang. Like, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So we definitely had to take away his license and it definitely had to do more work to help out the family because my mother she was sick too for years on end she had atrial fibrillation for years and she almost passed away back in 2003 so she was sick too and like both parents being ill like that it definitely took its toll even subconsciously whether i wanted to admit it or not yeah yeah so um so so the story in the in crappy to happy is 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 what about about all that yep it's about all of that on top of getting in a car accident the month after finding my dad and then mm -hmm. a couple weeks later being in a meeting with my boss telling me to shape up because it was a new school season and we had a few new hires coming in and i was basically going to be one of the examples to follow because I was there for five years. And if you're at a place for five years, folks are going to assume, you know, something. And if you don't know nothing, like why the hell are you still here? So basically that really got me into self-development at a new pace. And basically after that moment, after finding John Maxwell's book, thinking for a change and reading a bunch of other books, become a voracious reader, reading at least 50 books a year and going to self-development path to really, make myself a better leader. And that's really kind of the catalyst for self-development. It's kind of like we don't really get things the first time and you can always get and see yourself at a higher level. But sometimes you just need those setbacks because my father, he always said, hey, hey boy, get your education because he himself, he never got his education. He dropped out of high school and worked at a plant and then went to service. And mm. he always wanted to fly a plane and he never got to fly a plane he got to jump out of a plane so that's yeah. the main reason why he always told me to get my education and like with that and the meeting with the boss and getting the car accident and still being alive it's like you know what like god has plans for me and that's what my mom told me she told me that god has big plans for you and just those words just really all compounded and started making sense i'm like okay maybe i should go somewhere where I haven't gone before. And that's really where the magic happens is going into a new zip code, whether it's a mental zip code or an actual physical zip code and doing something new. Like reading was something that was new to me, at least at a voracious level. Like, like we mentioned before early in the chat that I used to not like reading because textbooks and 50 plus year old books, wasn't a fan of them. They yeah. didn't speak to me, but nonfiction books on leadership and all sorts of other self-help like persuasion sales and all the other good stuff like that's up my alley and it's encouraging yeah. and just that reading just really led me to realizing you know what this adversity pushed me forward into creating a new dom that's better than before so that's really what my story was really all about using that adversity and turning it into an advantage wow man wow so so what are your um what are some of your goals with the the public speaking i mean covid i i, I you know i think it's it's going to pass um oh, yeah. and you know we'll get back to to something 
probably never where we were. I, I don't know. Maybe who knows, man, it's all speculative. So, so, you know, but where, what are some of your plans over the next few years? What, what would you like to, um, what level do you want to get to? What, what's next for you? Yeah. What's next for me is to be able to do everything that I'm doing on the side full time. That's basically the thing because I do the podcast. I bring on different authors to talk about their books, the motivation of speaking, love encouraging others and heck even writing more books. Cause I haven't hit my number for the obituary because one of the activities I did was writing my own obituary. And in there I said, I was going to write a certain number of books and I'm about a good three of the way there, three out of 15. So we'll see where that goes and to basically do a book a year and actually not only write more books, but get more speaking in, but to really help more people and get on more stages to really share the message of advancement and do some good old motivational teaching, because that's what I really love to do. Like library world is great. Love it. Love being around books, love helping out people. But at the same time, it's like, ah, I feel more at home with this. It's like, you got to feel, go where you feel comfortable right. and where you're celebrated. What do you think? What, what are, what are your top, you know, couple, two or three tips for anyone that might be stuck right now. What are, what are some tips that you would give someone to help them advance to, to move out of the stuckness zone and into winning? Uh, yeah. If you want to win, you have to give yourself some silence. You have to give yourself some silence. That's something that I had to do. And I'm talking true silence here, like no music in the background, no television. Just find a place, give yourself a good five minutes to think and ask yourself powerful questions. And one of the powerful questions that you can ask yourself is, how can I? And some folks may be wondering, where's the rest of the question? Well, that is the question. That's for you to find out. Give yourself moments of silence and ask yourself, how can I? Like some folks maybe want to start a podcast nowadays. How can I start a podcast? And listening to Ken Walls and listening to a bunch of other wonderful folks who are doing wonderful things and emulating them. Like that's another way to really get into the zone of winning is emulating the great. When you emulate the great, you'll eventually create your own version of yourself because like with myself, I've read a bunch of great books and I've written a couple of my own and I'm honored to be and crappy to happy with you and 28 other wonderful human beings to really inspire the world to really find they're happy amidst all the crappy, especially when folks feel like there's probably been 20 dump trucks of crap <laughs> dumped on them. So giving yourself moments of silence and asking yourself powerful questions like, how can I? And then going from there and heck, even starting with another question or continuing with another question is what good can I do today? When you first wake up, making sure that you give yourself some moments of silence and ask yourself, what can I do today? What good can I do today? And asking yourself, what can I share? That can be a smile. That can be a kind word. I can actually give a like to their post if Facebook allows me to see it and share their post with somebody and say like, hey, I like what you're doing. Or just calling up somebody at random that you never talked to in a long time. And they'll be very appreciative of it because I've called some family members in the past and shot them text messages and be like, hey, how you doing? Is dumb. You, you want to talk? And I'll be like, oh, dumb. I haven't heard from you in months. And just reaching out to people and really putting yourself out there after giving yourself that moment of silence, because when you conquer yourself, that's when you can metaphorically conquer the world because leadership starts with self. If you don't buy into yourself first, folks aren't going to buy into your vision and your actions. Amen, dude. Amen. Can I get an amen? <laughs> amen. Woohoo! I love that, man. So, so you, um, you're planning on writing more books. Uh, yeah, that's right. Going to get booked. Love that, man. So are, do you have your next book already in mind? Like what, what you're going to, what you're going to write uh, about? Oh yeah. It's already in the works right now. The next book is going to be called book casting, looking to launch that spring next year, book casting, where you take your book and make it a podcast or vice versa. Cause a lot of folks pre well not pre covid but during covid like there was a million podcasts noted on iTunes and mics were sold out <laughs> during covid cuz folks were like okay yeah. uh, I've been furloughed I got this free time uh, might as well start yeah. this podcast but say I want to start and folks usually ask me it's like hey dumb how did you write your book hey dumb what 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 do you do with your podcast where do you start so this book is basically going to be created to help answer 
those questions and to inspire folks to really get out there and create create their own piece of immortality that's awesome dude that's so awesome so um i i'm i'm sure that um that ariel patricia has talked to you about writing some books i would imagine she's i i love her she's so amazing um you know i i think that you know i ask everybody that's on the show um you know, a, a lot of people watch the show that maybe they're in that place where um, they just don't know which direction to go with their life. Um, they're stuck. And, and you know, what would be, in your opinion, what do you think the number one thing is that keeps people? Now, the number one answer to this question is fear, just so you know. Um what do you think keeps people stuck? What holds them back in life from, from winning? Ah, uh, yeah. I'd have to say comparison is the main, one of the main things. Comparison is one of the main things. And that's been something that's been popping up with some of the folks I've been conversing with over these past few months. And heck, even I had to deal with that myself for my second book, Stay the Course, because after the first book was published, I started my podcast six months later. And I started connecting with all these wonderful people with tons more followers and tons more stuff than I've done in my life. And I felt some type of ways like, how the heck am I going to write a book about elite performance when I don't feel like an elite performer after talking to some of these wonderful people who've created this success for themselves. And that is one of the major things that holds people back. Like you may see people on YouTube or social media. And you're like, oh, man, they got this big following of people like, doing all these awesome things without realizing that. A lot of things are curated feeds here. Like people, you you see what people want you to see. And some people may put too much out there, but that's a whole nother situation. But comparison is the main thing that holds people back. And one thing to get over that is to realize that no matter how oversaturated the market may seem to be, there are still people that you can reach that other people cannot reach. Heck, even in the Bible itself, like in, in Christ himself, you mentioned how he wants his disciples to do greater works than him because there's people that they're going to reach that he won't be able to reach. Like he was on the, only on the planet for 33 years, but like with the Bible itself and everything being spread out, like you got to think he's like the ultimate businessman because his message is still being marketed today. Like still being able to do greater works. Like you can still get put the work in at your own level and still get your own piece of the apple pie or the strawberry pie or the lemon meringue pie, whichever pie you prefer and have your own slice of that pie for yourself and be grateful for that. So comparison is the major thing and just focusing on realizing your own message. What's your story? What's your message? Getting that out there and getting better as you go. And the more you tell it, the more you'll be able to actually sell it and actually get stronger, more confident with it, with actually getting over comparison and comparing yourself to other people and comparing yourself to your past self and wondering, hey, am I better than before? Like one of my favorite quotes of all time is by Ric Flair. To be the man, woo, you got to beat the man. So are you better <laughs> than what you were before today? So comparison is the thing that we all need to get rid of. Amen, man. I agree with that. I definitely agree. I think people get stuck because they sit and they look at, you know, i I'm friends with, with Grant Cardone and, and, you know, I, I I've looked at him and I've thought, I remember sitting with him in his office down in Miami and, and he's like, what, so what do you want? And I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I want a jet too, <laughs> like you have, you know, I want, so, so, you know, I think that, that I, all of us fall into the trap of comparing ourselves to other people for sure. Um, but, but, you can't, you're, you're right. You can't stay there. You cannot stay stuck in comparing yourself to what somebody else is doing. It's just not, not a good thing. So what's, um, what, what is, you know, I, I think there, there've been times in my life where, um, I couldn't, you know, I, I, I've told story many times. I had a, a car repossessed in front of a bunch of employees of mine one day, you know, everybody else was getting paid, but I wasn't. 
And, you know, I've been an entrepreneur my entire life. I'm 52. I've, 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 for the most part, owned my own business since I was about 21 years old. So, um, what about the people that maybe can't, maybe they can't pay their electric right now, or they can't, you know, the, the electric's getting shut off tomorrow, or they're having a hard time buying food for their kids or, or whatever. What, what do you say to the, you know, since, since the, the lockdown first occurred, the two week lockdown we were going to have, <laughs> which is turned into, yeah, we won't even go there, but um, so yeah what you know suicide has gone through the roof i mean it's it's the suicide rates are ridiculous now what about the people that are stuck right now that they don't know how to get the next penny in the door they don't know what to do i mean they're 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 sitting around probably not comparing anything just wondering how to survive what do you say to them how how do you help somebody in that position for that, I'd say look around your home and see what you can do without and see if you can sell it. That's that's one thing, because uh, funny enough, I listened to one wonderful gentleman by the name of Antonio T. Smith, and he mentioned how the average home has a good five to ten thousand dollars lying around their home if they take their extra goods and sell them like it because like people are still buying stuff during covid like we've gone past the toilet paper shortage scare. For now, anyway, I'm not sure if we'll go back to that. But let's God hope not. Like, <laughs> but basically yeah. going around your home and making sure that hey, like, do I have these old Yu-Gi-Oh cards? Like, all right, let's see if anyone would buy them. Like, hey, got these old music CDs. Like, is there a DJ who might still want them? Like, hey, got these like old clothes. Maybe somebody may want to donate them. If I still got enough Lysol, that can spray like spray some Lysol on it. Even though I know it probably doesn't have COVID, but just making the person feel at ease, like selling those goods you may have at home and I give getting in a space of gratitude and reading something positive. Like even if it's one thing, like you can probably go on Instagram, type in hashtag inspiration and find something that you like and just yep. look at one thing a day and focus on that one thing a day and just see what you have. Like sometimes like in order to grow, you have to enact one of the laws of growth, which is sacrifice. Sometimes Actually, to be honest, in life, we all have to sacrifice something and yep. we all have to really look and see like, all right, what am I willing to sacrifice today to get to tomorrow? Like, who do I know? Like you could be selling old stuff that you have because, OK, who's on my friends list? Like who who may need a favor or something or who I may have let borrow money in the past. They haven't paid me back yet. Like, hey, let me see if I could call them up and see if they can help out somebody and be like, hey, remember that thirty dollars I gave you back when I was 12 and you never yeah. gave it. Like, hey, uh, I'm, I'm here. I could I could use some help. I can't pay my gas electric. I need some food. Yeah. And stuff like that. So calling on friends and seeing what you have that you don't need anymore, seeing if you can help out other people, volunteering at other places. Because sometimes if you volunteer at other places, then especially like food pantries and food shelters at soup kitchens, you can all they, there may be food left behind that they may be like, hey, here's a bottle of water, whatever that you could take home. For yourself because i know like at even at my church we have a soup kitchen that meets every thursday and friday where folks in the community they're homeless like they can come in they get yeah. the word get some prayer then they can get fed so they get fed both physically and spiritually so just stuff like that if they're looking to really get out of that space if they're really in the basement of rock bottom because there's yeah. rock bottom there's the basement of rock bottom well, I mean, you know, it, what you're saying is you you, you got to ask for help. You got to yeah. ask, you know, it doesn't mean, and, and, and that's the other thing, like, you know, just because you may, may ask somebody for help that, that just, you know, doesn't have the bandwidth, doesn't have the time, doesn't have the ability, doesn't, you know, but that doesn't mean stop asking, you know, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm good friends with Mark Victor Hansen. Um, who's the co-creator of chicken soup for the soul. And, 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 you know, he just wrote a book called ask, and it's all about asking God, asking yourself and asking others to get you. It's the book is called ask, you know, and, 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 you know, that's what it's about is learning how to ask other people for help. That's Amen. what you're saying. That's it's what you're true. saying. So your, your story is in the book, new book, crappy to happy. 
Y'all can go over to my Amazon store and pick this up. Go to uh, KenWalls.shop and you can pick up Crappy to Happy in my Amazon influencer store there. Grab you a copy of it. My story is in there. Dom's story is in there, along with a lot of other absolutely amazing people. Reverend Ariel Patricia, Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis. I love those two. Bernie Siegel, Dr. Bernie Siegel is, oh my gosh, what an amazing guy. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Reverend Temple Hayes, she's amazing. Like There are some great, great stories in there. Dom's story is in there, so go over and grab a, a copy of it. Dom, where's the best place for everybody to follow you? Sure thing. So dombrightman.com is the best place to follow me. You can check out my podcast, the Going North podcast there and everything. That's Dom. All my social media is at Dom Brightman. So that's the best place to go, dombrightman.com. Oh, and there's also a free gift if you head over to that site. Leave your email. You get a free ebook called The 21 Lessons Learned from Two Plus Years of Podcasting. That's a free gift for folks who want to learn from somebody who's been doing it for a while about podcasting. So check that out like a library book. Dom Brightman. Hang on. I'm going to put that up on the screen. Dombrightman.com, you said? Yes, sir. Okay. There we go, right? Woohoo! Yeah. There it is. So dombrightman.com. Go over to dombrightman.com. Pick up your free gift. And, and you know what? Follow this dude, man. I think you got some really cool stuff coming your way, Dom. I receive, baby. I receive. Thank I you. love it, man. I love it. Well, listen, I appreciate you being on today. Thank you for, for hopping on and sharing your story with everyone. And and everybody go follow Dom. Woohoo. Thanks again, Ken. You the man, baby. The true Thank special day. <laughs> Thank you, man. Hey, I'll see you guys later, Dom. Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Woohoo. We'll see y'all later. Bye-bye.